Hello, Logic friends. This is Glenn Teal, the host of episode 34 with Silver Destway. Silver is a Los Angeles-based colorist who I had the pleasure of working with a year ago. She's been working on some amazing music videos and film trailers recently. I had a great time catching up with Silver and hearing her backstory on how she got started in this business. And now, a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by AJA. Together with Flame since 2006. We would like to welcome to the Logic family our friends at Hotspring. Hotspring is the future of VFX outsourcing. Hotspring connects you to great artists to get your projects done, making it easier than ever to access the best talent around the world. I highly encourage if you need any help with roto, paint, cleanup, or 3D match move, give the folks at Hotspring a shout. You will not be disappointed. www.thehotspring.com. All right. Well, Silver, welcome to the Logic Podcast. Thank you. So I normally start out with these conversations with very flame-specific questions. Uh-huh. But since you're a colorist, I'm curious, do you have a preference between Baselight or Resolve? You know, I was I started off on Baselight, and I was such like a Baselight snob. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I got into Resolve, and I don't think I could ever go back to Baselight. I love Resolve. What? Okay, hold on. I need more details. Yeah, Resolve, I think... At first, I was like, Resolve is so ugly looking. Like, it's just like, it's so like, not like cheap, but it's like, you know, anyone could download it. And, you know, you can just start messing with it at home. And Bayside was this like exquisite tool that only like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like well-established companies could get their hands on. But Resolve has so many tools that are just so insane that I never knew existed and uh, their panel is is a lot different too you can really fine-tune stuff a little bit differently you could essentially customize it more than like a base light well there's just so many there's more buttons and knobs little knobs for stuff that i would i think in base light have to kind of like manually try to do but i can i can just play with stuff so much so much easier and it is a lot more user friendly like in terms of just looking at it i think now like if i look at base light i'm like whoa this looks so old and so funky <laughs> and so just like so much happening which which is crazy because at first when i first saw baselight i was like so terrified so intimidated but you know looking at it, i'm like this yeah this is just like confusing and like and like not easy on the eyes and i think resolve also the cool thing with resolve it being something that you can do at home i can go on youtube for like anything if i Oh, true. Or I'm like, oh, I can't figure out why this weird thing is happening. I can just go on, you know, both base light. You can't really do that. You don't have that. I know. They have like three videos on their website. It's like the worst documentation. It is. (laughs) It really is. And I also learned that like when I was first starting being a younger colorist, I would see everyone that I worked with was on base light. All these like super like seasoned colorists. And I was like, this is the most elite tool in the game. And then I learned that like, there are some pretty, very, you know, successful colors, a lot of gorgeous shows like Euphoria and, you know, shows that I, that I love the color that are, that was all done on Resolve, you know? So you kind of get out of your head in terms of like the ego of what's the best software, what's the best tool to have. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It comes down to the artist for sure. But it is interesting. Yeah. Cause base lights, is still very expensive. I want to say it's oh yeah, you know, two hundred plus thousand dollars or some something like that. Like oh, it's yeah. not <laughs> an easy setup to get. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not. It's like impossible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, okay, so do you have a favorite 
node in Resolve or a favorite feature that you've been currently using? I'm really, well, it's pretty basic. I'm really into curves right now, to be honest, which is like a tool that I wasn't really using a lot, but it's like an old school thing. And like, I was talking to another colorist friend of mine and she was like, yeah, I just like, I really love using curves. And I was like, oh, maybe I should like play with that a little bit more. Yeah. And then I got more into it. And I was like, whoa. So I'm like, I'm always using curves now. It's, it's so. Oh, that's but, awesome. But it's, but it's totally like a, like an older tool, but what else? You know what? I'm really into, there's a beauty refinement tool in Resolve, which is really fun. And is it for removing pimples, stuff like that? Is that yeah, what you mean? Or like smoothing out skin, essentially? Yeah, so it'll like, it'll analyze the person's face and like kind of figure out where the eyes and cheeks and lips are. And then you can do stuff. You can like desaturate the lips a little bit. You can add some like color into the face. You can, you know, smooth out the under eyes. Just a lot of like beauty stuff, which is not something that a colorist would normally do, but I, it's so fun to be able to pull that out and be like, yeah. I thought I also, I also made this yeah. person look like 10 times better, you know, in addition to, to grading. And that comes in handy a lot with the trailers because there's oh, a lot gosh, of stuff yeah. that we get that you'd be surprised, like needs, needs a little, little help. Yeah. A little, I've a little help. Into that, the beauty refinement tool. For sure. And like, especially when they don't have money to go to a flame or like a nuke artist. Yeah. yeah it's just like good to have in the box. You can sit with yeah. the clients and you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I could, you know. Yeah, especially because there's something I did recently and it was like the the director was also in it and she's like, oh my God, like I hate my skin looks so oh, no. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, yeah, let's fix it. And it's like, oh my God, they love it. Especially because when you're looking at yourself, you know, a lot of times like the talent isn't really like in the room with you, but uh, so it's True. nice situations like that, especially on like the lower budget stuff. Gosh, yeah. Like, yeah, stuff. I'm sure they were just like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh my God, I look so much better. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right, so let's rewind. How did you get into color? Um, I got into color uh, starting with photography. Been doing photography since I was like a teenager. And then I eventually started shooting video. I was shooting a lot of concerts. I started editing little like fun oh, nice. promo videos of, of shows while I was also shooting. I was shooting for like little magazines and stuff. So I would get my three songs in the beginning and that was it. And I started shooting video and got really into editing. And through that editing, I was just in Premiere, like Final Cut. I was like, oh, there's like a little color tab. This is kind of like when I color my photos. It was like the same thing somewhat, yeah. but everything's moving. So it's like a million times harder. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. You got to like track like, windows and track <laughs> this stuff because it's, you know, so, but I, I thought that it was really, I thought it was really cool and I, I really enjoyed it, but I originally wanted to just be an editor and I went to, to MPC as a runner and I was like, oh, I want to be an editor. Oh. And they were like, we don't do that here. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, well, what do you guys do? They're like, well, we do like flame. I was like, what, what is flame? Flame I and bleach. I was like, what are these violent words? Yeah. Words? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, or like, or we do color. And I was like, wait, what? And they were like, show me like the color suite. They're like, yeah, these, these guys are colorists. And I was like, what like and I'm like yeah they do because when when I was I think I was like 21 or something when I was doing like a lot of freelance editing but I was doing like the editing and they wanted me to do the like I had to do everything yeah, you so had to I do everything be a colorist 
And I was like, yeah. And then uh, this is like so cool. And they're like, yeah. And they make a ton of money. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Great. Like, that's what I want to do. So I know I, I kind of had my sight set on, on that, but you know, it, it is an intimidating thing. Cause you see like the panel and the, like, the suite, that's like the, no sunlight <laughs> anywhere. I'm like, oh, okay. This is like pretty nuts. But I started, I was in tech ops then at one point when I moved in and we had resolve in the tech ops rooms. And I just started, I would just pull footage in from jobs and I would just start playing around because I was there until like 10 o'clock or midnight sometimes and I would just kind of grade back there with like a keyboard and mouse and would bring in like finished spots from the colorist and try to match grade and just mess around but I was like okay this is like really cool (laughs) and like I love doing this and and then I kind of just got my own little freelance jobs here and there and and I fell in love with it and I like it, it, awesome. it's so much like photo editing but there's the tracking and there's I mean there's so many different I mean learning all the tools and all the things you can do and just seeing like the difference yeah from raw footage to then like I'm like color is so important it's so cool and you can really decide like what is this thing going to look like you know so I know yeah. yeah I mean it really does set the tone and it, feel yeah, of the, the film or trailer commercial yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay, that that's awesome. So when you were working in tech ops, did people start noticing that you were grading a lot? And then they'd be like, Oh, wait, silver, like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Or did you like show some of the colorists like your work? Like, how did you like move up to like assistant? I showed some of them some of my work. I honestly just talked to a lot of people. I didn't I was really shy. Like I really because I and even still like I struggle with like imposter syndrome. Like I'm not good. good, (laughs) You know, I think we all do. I I still do. So I wasn't like, guys, check out on my like terribly like not calibrated, you know, um, on our whole yeah. <laughs> right. But I made it known. Like I, I did like talk to the assist and I was like, yeah, you know, I really want to do this. And at one point before I even like moved into tech ops when I was a runner, I literally just like knocked on the color EP's door and I was like, hey, do you have a second? Like, I was like, nice. I want to be a colorist. So I like... That's what, can so we do? Cool. What, what can we do to make that happen? I get, I don't know. I mean, I, I was, I was super just bold and I was like, I know I'm like talented. So like, let's make moves. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's, I, I like that. That's amazing. Yeah, and I was really, and like, I had a super good attitude and I like, I was really friendly with all of the producers and I was a barista for a long time. So I would always make the little, you know, coffee drinks. Oh, with nice. The colorist knew me. The colorist really liked me. I would always make an effort to go in there like with Ricky and Mark and Ricky Gauss and, and Mark Geffen and like just sit and chat. How was your weekend? And kind of just be like, cause I'm, I'm like, I hope you guys like me cause I want to work with you. So I just, kind of made it known that I was interested. And then once I told the EP, it was like secret was out. And I was in tech ops with them like a week later and Mark and Ricky were like, you know, we're so excited to have you. We've, we've had our eyes on you. You know, I was wondering like what you were going to decide. Cause when you're, when you're in a position like being a runner, it's kind of like, where is she going to be a producer? Are they going to be a, you know, flame yeah. artist or whatever? Well, I had just kind of like made it known that that's what I wanted to do. And they, they sort of moved me into tech ops and then eventually I became an assist, but I became an assist during COVID. So I was fully remote. Oh, um, no way. And it was oh, like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so how I, was that? And okay. So yeah, I want to hear about kind of getting promoted within the initial stages of COVID, but also yeah. what are the tasks, you know, of a junior colorist or, or let's say an assistant colorist, like yeah. when you got promoted? Yeah. So I, I went from doing tech ops at MPC, which was just like doing everything for everyone, <laughs> pretty yeah. much making slates and doing all the deliverables to then just focusing on 
only the color content. So we had to do all of the conform. We were conforming from drives, you know, building out all of the spots, building it, do all the transforms and punch-ins, you know, that, that place is doing it, just matching up the offline. And then the colorist would grade and basically anytime they needed anything, if something broke and they were like, oh my, it's frozen, you know, we'd just log into their machine and fix it up. And then once they were done, we would go and track all of their shapes. You know, sometimes, sometimes it was quick, sometimes it wasn't quick because especially with car, car spots, you know, there's like 30 shapes oh on, on one car. So we would have to track all that stuff, depending on, on who you're assisting, tracking all that stuff and then rendering it out and, you know, prepping for the next day. But it's like a, it's it's long hours and it's I mean luckily I didn't have to experience like the I would say like the worst of it because I was kind of floating in between a lot of the colors and I was remote so I didn't really I was kind of just like helping out here and there wherever but I mean I saw some of these assists working from like 8 a.m to 9 10 p.m sometimes like it's it's oh yeah you're really like prepping, 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 and then wrapping stuff up and then prepping for the next day and, you know, jumping in. Oh, we have a pickup. We have a VFX shot when you dropped in. It's like, you're just always kind of always doing doing stuff and then trying to create your own stuff at the same time. For sure. Currently, a lot of the recent commercials I've worked on, we've only used 10 frame handles. So much easier for tracking. But back in the day, I swear, you know, we would request 48 frame handles. Yeah, that's. I can't even imagine tracking all those windows and stuff for... (laughs) It's tricky. Yeah, it's yeah. tricky. It's like, and, it, and it's, it's a bummer because it's you're just like, yeah. you're doing like all the like little nitty, nitty gritty work and you're there late and having to then render it and QC it and all that stuff. I mean, people stay in it because the payout is ultimately, hopefully, you know, moving into then being a, a colorist full time. But I mean, I don't know. I don't think that that's always the way to go, but it can be. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, exactly. So when you were working remote, were the colorists in the office and then you were just tapping it like through Teradici or were they remote too? Yeah, they were fully remote. So they all had like home setups and then we would remote into their home machines through team viewer and we would like set set up there they had like they had we had like some versions of base light where you could have them at at home somehow they like finesse to deal with base light where they could have yeah. like home versions of base light so we would kind of like set them up for a clear view or whatever on 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 their side but then we would remote into the office a lot of times to do all of the prep and then we would have to aspera the media to them which oh was like gosh. a whole other, like, it's a whole other thing because like, not only did you just prep all day, but now it's like, now you got to spare this like 500 gigs of stuff. Yeah. Upload it and then download it to their machine. Make sure that, you know, by the morning it's, it's linked up, make sure everything's oh. cached. Like just, there's so many extra, extra steps, but I mean, they made it work. So it was, it was That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, Nothing against, you know, more senior colorists, but sometimes I, I think they lean a lot on the assistants to make oh, sure everything's prepped. Agree. So I can't even imagine here, here's all the media, here's an EDL. And then, you know, something goes wrong and they're like, wait, silver, what's yeah. happening? You're like, it's there. Chill out. Just, yes. <laughs> just import it. They do, especially because I think a lot of, some of them never even assisted a lot of the senior colorists. They've, they, 
I mean, or it's been like or, or yeah, they started in like the film days and they, yeah, they so didn't have to, do, had to like yeah. do assist stuff. So they don't even know how, even if they wanted to. It's like yeah. they don't even know how to, you know, turn on their own machines, bless them. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, I know. You know, and I feel like that, I've you know, I've, it's like I've definitely met a few of those colorists for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It's wild, but they're, but they're incredibly talented and we need Yes, them. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. sure. Well, that's awesome. So, and then how did you make your way up to being a junior colorist or colorist? I moved around a lot and I moved fast. Okay, <laughs> yeah. One thing about me is I want to enjoy my job. So yes. like when I was assisting for a short time, the hours were unpredictable. It was kind of like I mean, and, and it was kind of just, just weird. Like sometimes there were days where I didn't do anything. And there were some days where I worked super late and it was just kind of this, like you, like you were saying, like with the senior colors where they rely on the assist so much, it was this, this kind of schedule of like, Hey, we need you to start tomorrow at 8am. Is that cool? And I'd be like, no, no, like like, I don't want to do that. I thought I was starting at 10 or I thought I was starting at nine, you know, but it's like, well, we need you to, because we have a session and it's like, and then same thing of like, you never know when you're going to be off. You never know when you're going to like, am I done at five? Can I make dinner plans? Like, can I, you know, it's like such an unpredictable thing. And immediately I was like, this is not going to work for me. Not because I'm not a hard worker because I'm lazy, but just because like, this is just, this is not like sustainable for my work-life balance. So I immediately was like, I'm going to start looking for something else because I also just want to be grading more. So I assisted for like six months and I just networked a lot. And I like DM'd colorists on Instagram that were freelance. And I was like, Hey, do you know anyone who's looking for a colorist? And like, do you have any advice for me? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like getting, kind of ramping up trying to get my own clients and trying to grade more and I ended up messaging Anastasia and I was like hey like can you meet for coffee and talk about your like color path with me and she was like sure and she tells me like yeah I worked at Technicolor as a colorist and I was you know making decent money and it was great I was also being like violently underpaid as an assist because I had started as a runner so my I was making like way less than the other assists were and uh and I didn't even really know it until Anastasia like asked me and then she was like that's so insane like you should be making way more when I was an assist I was making oh, this wow. much and I was like really <laughs> like I didn't know oh, wow okay um, yeah um, I like very quickly was like, okay, I got to like get out of here. And then she ended up texting me like a week later and was like, Hey, I think my old job at Technicolor is opening up. If you want, I can like text no my old way. boss. And uh, and I was like, but then of course I was like, are you sure? I don't know if I'm ready for a job like that. Like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she was like, no, you can totally do it. You know, like get more money. And I ended up like doubling my salary and they, nice. they took me in right away. And cause I think it's also like being a woman right now is like a lot of people are trying to diversify. So it, it kind of okay. helped in my favor of like, Oh yeah. You know, we want to, you know, diversify our team and, and I'm talented and I have the experience to do it. So I took that job. And again, I think working at Picturehead, I was a junior, but I wasn't grading a whole lot. I wasn't doing a lot of like creative grading. And I was just like, I gotta be grading more. Like I gotta yeah, be yeah, doing more sure. stuff. Like this is like <laughs> my like creative needs are not being fulfilled. Like this is so tough. So when I had the opportunity, which I mean I wasn't really looking right away, but 
when I was offered the chance to like, hey, do you want to work on commercials or do you want to, you know, work on this other, you know, we'll yeah. put you in front of these people. I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> but a lot of people are like, you know, don't do that. Don't, don't jump around. But it tripled my pay and jumped titles like three times in the last year. And now I'm like, wow, way more, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and the yeah, people well, that were assisting at MPC when I was there are still assisting. Still you know assisting. And well, congrats to that. That's an amazing story. Thanks. Yeah. What's kind of the difference for you when it comes to grading trailers over, let's just say commercials? Yeah. Like what? what's the difference in workflow or, you know, kind of grading style, if there is a difference? Oh, yeah. It's a huge difference. With trailers, you're working on like pretty much already graded stuff for the most part. So you're either doing a lot of color correction or you're trying to match match what's in the trailers because they're giving you like pickup shots or stuff that's not in the trailer or not yeah that's not originally in the trailer that they want to throw in so they'll kind of give it to you like a a raw clip and then you got to take the LUD and try to match it and at first it's like okay this is like not (laughs) like I'm grading (laughs) on already already graded stuff or I'm not really like calling calling the shots here but it's actually so challenging Mm. and it really does kind of make you have to think of like, how am I going to fix this? Like this footage that I'm looking at, for some reason, the skin tones are super red. Everything is shifted in this like weird magenta. How am I going to fix it without, you know, like without wrecking this whole, the whole scene, you know, and like have like really yeah. learning how to keyframe stuff and isolate, you know, people's hands or people's cheeks or, you know, isolate just the car, like learning how to correct the correct stuff that's already been graded, I think is a whole other skill set than starting with a completely clean slate. Yeah. Um, and then knowing when to not take it you know too far because you can very easily like ruin something that's because it's already Uh, it's already been graded so that's a whole different skill set and it's much more of of a challenge I think than working on stuff like commercials you get the raw footage and usually you know client will give you a lot if they if they want to use like a specific look but you really I mean you're starting with such a clean slate that you have a lot more control. You have a lot more room to play. I think you can also make a lot more creative choices, which is the really cool thing about commercials. Like you can really decide looks and get super, super into all kinds of fine details. But I don't know. I can't, I can't really say what I prefer yet. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah not. right, right. Because <laughs> both, like both. both are fun. But like <laughs> the trailers are, such, are much more of a challenge. And it kind of feels cool to get something that's already been graded by like a massively successful color and be able to make it look better it's like this is so cool you know you have to totally so yeah i feel like with trailers you're in this weird kind of spot where you have to respect what the say the feature colorist has done yeah but then you have to have the client happy Mm-hmm. being the studio and they yeah. always want to do what's called you know the marketing pass to like amp things up yeah. you know so it's it is that weird thing where you you just you have to please both sides and it's never easy because the colorist yeah. I feel like never wants to go that far but the yeah. studio always does <laughs> that's how it always is they're like don't ruin my grade I'm like oh, no. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Or they're like, oh don't touch God. it. I'm like, it's my, I have to, it's my job. Yeah, no, I know. It's like, I have people behind me right now telling me to do this yeah. <laughs> and they're paying the bills. Yeah. So how, how do you approach, let's say a commercial or a film? Because it seems like those have more similar workflows. Like you're using yeah. the raw footage, you're building a creative look off of that. 
what's what's your approach and i only ask because as a flame artist i'm doing more of like matching right it's like here's one shot that's ungraded please match it to this scene as close as possible but as a colorist you're you're going from scratch and you're doing the whole thing what's your process for that and i i know every project's different yeah i mean i think it's i i'm like big on communication so i think it's really important to out the gate ask the client like what are we what are you looking for you know i love getting references i love talking to them about this stuff like movies and stuff that they like and stuff that inspires them and not only saying like oh you know if i'm looking at a reference like okay this is great but asking them like well why like why do you like this? You know, why do you like this look if it's warm or if it's saturated? And then hearing like, well, you know, because it, it's, it feels happy. It feels bright. It feels, and that gives me a lot more context. Like we're looking for happy and, and, and bright and joyous versus, you know, can you make it warm and colorful, you know? So like, I think okay. there's, I, I do like that approach of like, what feeling are we going for? And instead of just like, well, what do you want this to look like? Right. So I, okay. I do that and I love checking in and I love like always just getting feedback from them and, and, and letting them know that like, I'm here for you and I'm here to, to make your vision, especially when it's something that's like a film or something where the director's heavily involved and it's really important to them and letting them know that like, we can pretty much do anything. So like, if there's any like little detail, can we change the highlights and the headlights of the car? Yes, we we can do anything, you know? So, and like being super transparent. I love like having people sit next to me, like, so they can see the panel and see what's going on and like, see how I'm pulling different keys and seeing what, what I'm seeing. Cause I, I think, I don't know, I think it's, it's fun to share that. Cause they, they don't know what the hell I'm doing. They're just like, Whoa, it's so cool. So it's like, right. cool to like explain stuff, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to get as much insight as possible and, and understand like the feeling that they're, any director is, is going for and always like getting feedback, reflecting, do we like this? And then kind of doing different versions. Like, well, I know we wanted to go warm, but this is it a little bit cooler. What do you think about that? And then kind of, do we want to meet it in the middle or, you know, and kind of, and just, just, just playing with it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And normally like for say a scene, would you set a look on a shot or two? And then once you kind of lock that in, then you copy it over and then make sure everything's balanced correctly. Is that kind of the workflow? Yeah, I, I would. I would give a couple options, but I I don't like to go too far. <laughs> like, here are three completely different, drastic. Oh know? yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I, I do like to I do like to give a little bit of even if it's just changing a couple like little details, tweaking like oh we're gonna tweak like just the mid tones for this, or like I made the shadows a little bit darker for this one, and then yeah, once they decide, we kind of just carry it over through the whole thing. Okay, gotcha. I know you've done a lot of music videos and they they look awesome. I actually I can't remember which one. It was the one where the guys driving around LA. Oh yeah, slide. Yeah, yeah. I put them in my Spotify after watching your oh, music. Cool. I was like, oh, this is a great song too. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. On those projects, are you mostly working with the director, the DP, or both? Or, oh no, hey, Silver, here's a bunch of footage, just like make it look good. Like, or the artist? Like, what, what is it like working on those projects? Mostly the director. But for that project, it was just the DP. I had messaged him on Instagram because I had seen a lot of his work and he had DP'd a couple things that I had colored before. And I was just like, Hey, I love your style. I'd love to grade for you sometime. Let me know if you ever need anything. I'm like, I'm around. And then he was like, 
actually have something that I need graded. Like, if you wouldn't mind, like, it's my friend's music video. My brother and I shot it. And oh, no brother, way. Yeah, like, the brother, I think, directed it. And then he shot it on, like, a red camera. And they were like, you know, normally we'd grade it ourselves, but we would we'd love to have you do this. And I was like, okay, cool. And then worked basically just with them. I mean, fully, fully remote. I did that at home. And, yeah, I just kind of, like, sent a couple passes. And they used Frame.io, good old Frame.io to, like, okay. <laughs> Yes. Pinpoint specific things that they wanted to to change, but overall they were super super happy with it. And and I love and I think when it when it is someone who's also super creative and it's their project, they can get really specific with their notes, which which is fun for me. Like it's fun to have really like yeah. specific feedback of like what they want to change because it challenges me then too. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like typically on a project like that, how many revisions do you do? And once again, every project's different, but yeah. you know, is it like two passes were kind of good? Here's your quick time, or does it really go back and forth where you're like um, in the weeds? I'd probably say like three passes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. It's usually like, here's a big chunk of stuff. And then, but then it's like, once you've watched it so many times, I'm like, well, now I'm noticing that I'm like, hold on. Like, yeah. (laughs) The first two times. So it's like, but yeah, I would say average is probably like three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, right. They're like, oh, wait, this one thing. And you're like, I that's going to change that. everything. What are you talking about, dude? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I we change it. And then I'm like, yeah, it does look better. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had that too. Where yeah. some last minute note comes in, you're like, you got to be kidding me. And then yeah. you're like, well, that was actually, okay, that's a good yeah. note. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. It looks so much better. <laughs> right, right. Do you see any trends happening with color? Oh, yeah. The film emulation is like... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going berserk over the film look i think that's like the biggest the biggest one are are you talking like mostly grain or are you talking about how like shadows might be lifted a little bit or or everything yeah i mean both like a lot of like the lifted blue shadows i'm seeing a lot of that or like the super yellow or super like cyan highlights or sky like i'm seeing a lot of a lot of that right now for sure but it's gorgeous i love it so I like it too. And I do like a lot of grain as well. Yeah. I can't say I like live grain though. That seems like a pain in the butt, but I, don't <laughs> I haven't used live grain since in like over a year. Oh, a picture hat. Right, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems like some crazy like licensing fee or something. Yeah. 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 What would be your ideal kind of project to work on? Would it be like a feature? Would it be more trailers? stick with commercials, do everything. I've I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. I think I would love to do like a TV show, to be honest, which I've never done before. (laughs) But uh, because the thing with with features like they're super long and like you you know what's happening I mean there's different scenes and everything but it's like to work on the same project for so long can you're just like all right we're doing this sit down we're doing this again like same thing every day but with commercials it's something different every day but it's such a fast turnaround which is which is really cool but I think it is nice with something like episodic where I've heard like one pilot but it's like you can kind of have the look and have the time to work on 
something that's not super long, like a, like a feature that's like two hours long. You can work something that's like 30 minutes, but you don't have to like give it back within a day. You know what I mean? You can like sit with it for a week or so. A week, yeah. 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 And like have some time with it and kind of just be like, okay, I'm going to grade this scene and this scene and this scene today. And we're going to get that right. And then tomorrow I'll do, you know what I mean? Instead of having to like do the whole thing in a day, which with commercials, that's how it is. I know. It's insane with commercials. I feel like some colors, they'll get booked for two hours. It's like, all right, here it is. And then it's like, that's it. That's all. That's all the time we have. And you're like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's nuts. So like, I, I think. It would be cool, and then even like with working on trailers, we're we're doing a lot of episodic trailers and stuff, and it's oh no way, oh that's cool. Yeah, like we do a lot of stuff with like Amazon and Paramount and stuff, and like it's cool to see how all of the looks stay consistent throughout the show, and I think it would be really cool to to work on something like that. That'd be awesome. I'm manifesting a a TV show one day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Actually, speaking of that and all the streaming, what is the HDR workflow? I'm assuming all this is HDR, right? Okay. So no, what, where I'm at now, we're not doing HDR. Okay. I think we're going to soon, but I know at Picturehead, we were super HDR because they were doing a lot of Apple TV. Yeah, and that yep. was like I remember. This was like absolutely <laughs> like bread and butter is like their HDR stuff. But no, I mean what I'm working on now, they're they're I think they're gonna start doing it soon. I'm actually gonna get Dolby Vision certified next oh, nice. month. I have to take a whole course, and I'm gonna get certified in that, which I'm super excited about to become a oh, Dolby, cool. Dolby Vision master. <laughs> so is that so getting certified? Is it? using resolve and they just show you you essentially go through all the task of okay i know how to do like this and this or yeah i think i think so i think it's just gonna be like you know the basic knowledge of what hdr is like a basic knowledge of hdr workflow and then probably how to apply that in resolve because i know you can do dolby vision in in base light as well so i think that it i'm i'll have to check but I, i think it might be like resolve focus which would be really cool which i know there's like a whole section in resolve that's for hdr grading oh, and gosh, yeah. Dolby vision yeah. analysis and all that stuff so there's it's, it's a lot so we'll say that i think doing the deliverables too it's a little bit you gotta you gotta oh my gosh there. that's right yeah the, yeah. the deliverables <laughs> yeah i you know once i move back into commercials from trailers it, it's really nice not having to do all the hdr yeah. deliverables <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's not, I mean, luckily I'm not doing deliverables now at all. Like we have a really good team of assists that Wiser. That's that's awesome. A lot of it. So I'm like, whoo, I don't have to not doing any. Wow. Okay. So very cool. So you're, you're coming in, you're grading and then they take care of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm like, this is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love, I, I love it there. It's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Congrats again. What kind of advice would you give to an up and coming colorist? Someone who maybe is back in the tech ops. <laughs> back or, in tech ops uh, at midnight. Yeah. 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 Or maybe client service, you know, making yeah. some cappuccinos or something. Yeah. 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 What, what would you recommend for them? I would just say be super bold, like make really bold choices in your grading, but also just in your in your networking and in your, like in your day to day, you know, like talk to people, don't be, try not to be shy, you know, cause at the end of the day, producers or other colorists or whoever, these are people who 
you you have to look at them as like these are going to be my coworkers one day. Essentially, you're like these people are going to be my like yeah my direct Peers. colleagues, yeah. you know. And that's how you should be looking looking at them and and treating them. And if they you know are making requests about coffee or whatever, or like wanting you to do a thousand deliverables, like almost treat it like it's your friend asking you like, Hey man, can you make me a coffee? It's like, Oh my God, of course. You know what I mean? Of course I make you a coffee. Like you're my friend, you know? Like, yeah. 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 Like, oh, <laughs> coffee. Like, you know what I mean? Like just have a super good attitude about it because having a good attitude goes such a long way. And when you are ready or when you say like, Hey, I want to be a colorist. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'd love to you know teach you about color. I would love to work with you silver, yeah. <laughs> young silver. Cause you're so, you know, cause you, you've been so like, like such a, a, a fun person to be around and, and then also just making bold choices in your work and not worrying about like oh does this look does this look good or is this too much like I think playing it safe is, is something that I did for so long because I was like oh mm-hmm. I don't want it to like look look bad but then I see some some of the stuff that you know these colorists are doing and I'm like this looks ins- insane and so good you know what I mean like everything is blue or everything is warm but it doesn't oh, right. look wrong you know what I mean it looks really fucking cool so you know like don't be afraid to to make bold choices yeah because like who because who cares like there are there are no rules you know is, is kind of what I what I learned so I mean, there, are, there are rules in terms of you know what's what's clipping or whatever oh but, true true yeah like yeah exactly like, technical design, rules you know, but like, artistic yeah artistic, there, no yeah and it, it's like I wish I knew that before to just like be bold and make make way bolder choices and not be so shy. That's awesome. You know, it's funny you say that because the first filmmaker that comes to mind is Nicholas Winding Refn. I swear there's shots in his, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but like there's shots in his movies where like everything's just red. It's almost like a monochromatic look, but the highlights are red. And then obviously you got the shadows and midtones that are all kind of grayish. Uh You're just like, wow, how did you, I would have never thought to do that, but it looks awesome. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it looks cool and it's different, and and you remember it and you bring it up in your podcast because of how weird it is, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah I gotta find out. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to text you who the colorist was. I'll have to track that down. Yeah, yeah I'd love to know. Yeah, are are you able to mentor up and coming colorists at your current company? Like, is everybody no. in the office? Like, how is it working? Yeah, well, we are in house. We're fully fully in house, which is which is pretty cool. Cool. It's nice to like be around people for sure. But no, I'm not able to mentor anyone. I really would love to eventually, but it is a very collaborative, you know, type job. Like I, I do work with, with Anna and she's someone that I can always like ask, you know, like, Hey, can I get your feedback on this? Or, you know, chill. She can ask me, you know, stuff. I think we both have a pretty like mutual respect for each other. So we do have, we can lean on each other in that way for like, creative feedback, but no, there isn't anyone that I get to like, you know, nurture and, and bring oh, up. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I'm sure time. Love that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of which, yeah, how often do you share projects as a um, colorist? Or are you kind of just, here's my project, get to work on it? And not really. We're not really sharing, sharing. I think we will be soon because we're getting set up on like a shared database, the Resolve Cloud, which is like a whole kind of kind of newer oh, thing yeah. with Resolve 18 where you can just like jump in and out of people's projects, which is really cool. Oh, nice. Okay. But for the most part, I think we're gonna we're gonna be keeping it like pretty pretty separate. There might be things where I jump in her projects to like help her with stuff. If she's like totally slammed, I can, you know, prep a timeline for her and kind of 
you know, trace grade on something she already did just so we can get it out the door. But for the most yeah. part, it's, I think it's pretty separate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably nice. You have your projects, they have their projects. <laughs> yeah. Because, because everyone, you know, organizes their jobs. Oh my gosh. Too. I'm sure you've experienced that where you go into a job and you're like, what? Oh. I'm looking at what are all these folders? There's no dates. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yes. Project organization. And then in Flame, you know, the whole batch setup, which is their node based system. Every artist works differently. And yeah, sometimes you jump into a setup and you're like, wait, how? Wait, yeah. what's happening here? What <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense to the person. And then, you know, it's yeah. Crazy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, are there any like up and coming projects, you know, be it at work, uh, you might not be able to talk about that because a lot of that's NDA, but or side projects you have coming up that you're interested in? Yeah, I have one. I actually just picked up a drive this morning. One of my friends who is a director, she wrote and directed a short film. She's actually in it as oh, well. Nice. She has a little film that that she did that uh, that I'm grading. I'll probably start on it tomorrow or something. But, but yeah, that, that's a fun little project that, that I'm doing. I, I did a couple of films last month that I'm I'm hoping to get like the finals because they're they were getting into audio so hoping I can see see those but other than that no I have another job with Snapchat I was working on that I can't really say much about either but (laughs) we're wrapping that up next month so there's yeah there are a couple things that I'm that I'm super excited about and then yeah all this stuff also coming up with Wiser that I cannot talk about but yeah there's we got some cool stuff coming up that's awesome yeah awesome Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. It was great catching up and hearing your story. Thank you. uh, Yeah. yeah, Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing your up and coming work. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. No problem. All right. Talk soon. Yeah. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by AJA, together with Flame since 2006. We would like to welcome to the Logic family, our friends at Hotspring. Hotspring is the future of VFX outsourcing. Hotspring connects you to great artists to get your projects done, making it easier than ever to access the best talent around the world. I highly encourage, if you need any help with roto, paint, cleanup, or 3D match move, give the folks at Hotspring a shout. You will not be disappointed. www.thehotspring.com See you next time.